Do you ever consider global events to have had an impact on you as an entrepreneur? We may or may not know where we were when Kobe Bryant or Michael Jackson died, or when we first learned about the coronavirus, but we do know that those events impact us. They change us, even in the smallest ways, and they contribute to our makeup as entrepreneurs. What was the last major global event that's changed your perspective in how you run your business? Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, I'm going to take you through some incredible world events that I happen to participate in. Ones I didn't plan at all on being there for, but ones that left a permanent mark on me and helped me become the kind of entrepreneur that I am today. One who's focused on building community. Wherever there's a catastrophe, you can find me. I always tell folks, if you want to travel safely, don't bother inviting me. You see, I was in South Africa in 1998 when the American restaurant Planet Hollywood was bombed. A bomb in a crowded Cape Town restaurant tonight has raised new alarms about anti-American terrorism. Police are still investigating, but the restaurant is jointly owned by Hollywood stars Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis. And a group called Muslims Against Global Oppression has claimed responsibility. I was a student at the time, and I remember walking by the wrecked building the day after it happened, thinking my parents were going to be much more upset about it. The media caused quite a stir than what the tone of the place actually felt like being there. I learned that not all of the world enjoyed American capitalism, and scaling a business was not always given the global thumbs up by everyone in the world. I was in Kenya in 1998 when the U.S. Embassy was bombed. In case you were wondering, both of these events happened in August of the same year. Car bombs exploded outside the U.S. embassies in Nairobi and Dar es Salaam on the morning of August 7, 1998. The attacks killed more than 200 people and injured around 5,000, mostly African civilians. I'd landed in Nairobi shortly after the big event and had a very, very hard time getting a hotel room for the one night that I needed it on my way to Uganda. They weren't thrilled with the Americans then, understandably. And it was a huge teaching moment for me that Americans aren't beloved wherever we go at all times, no matter how friendly we are. I was also in New York City in 2001, on the B train going over the Manhattan Bridge, when planes flew into the Twin Towers on 9-11. Well, quite simply, as we begin our 11 o'clock edition of Eyewitness News, the unthinkable happened today. The World Trade Center, both towers, gone. And we are all witnesses to it, and to some degrees, degree, we are all victims. Tonight, there are survivors trapped in that rubble. Mayor Giuliani confirmed it less than an hour ago. How many, we do not know. Our reporters, as you've seen, have been on the streets all day. We'll begin with Jim Dolan. That day remains the worst day of my life. I was on my way to work when the train stopped in the middle of the bridge. The conductor didn't know why, so none of us had any information, but we waited a very long time to move again. As I sat there on the train, someone saw one of the Twin Tower buildings on fire. We all turned to watch it. 
How bizarre it sounds to say now, but it was truly a beautiful sight. I turned to a very tall man on my right, and I asked him, how do you think they're going to put that fire out? As you well know, they didn't. I got to Rockefeller Plaza where I worked an hour late, and just as I walked out of the elevator into the main lobby of the 51st floor, I watched on the giant TV screen near the receptionist's desk as the buildings fell. The rest of the day? Pure panic. We didn't know what building would fall next. We didn't know if the trains were going to go. They were closed, and we didn't know where to call for help. The payphones and the cell phones had stopped working. It was on my long walk from Midtown Manhattan to Park Slope, Brooklyn, that I saw the most incredible human moments I'll never forget. People came together in ways I'd never imagined. There were people standing on the sides of bridges, handing out water to those of us who had miles to walk. There were shoe store owners who rolled shopping carts full of sneakers over to the women who had left work on Wall Street in high heels and had so much more to go. As we walked through the thick skies of smoke, we New Yorkers were calm, quiet, and everyone helped everyone else that day. New York turned into the friendliest city in the world, full of warm and helpful people who didn't even need to say anything. They stood in solidarity and offered a hand to help us out. As it happens, I was also in Bangkok in 2004 when the tsunami hit and caused tremendous destruction on Thailand's coastal regions. Good evening. More than 11,000 people are now thought to have been killed in southern Asia after an undersea earthquake sent enormous waves rolling across the Indian Ocean. The quake measured 8.9 on the Richter scale, the biggest in the world for 40 years. Waves up to 10 meters high engulfed the coasts of many countries. Fortunately, I was not hit. And even more fortunately, my aunt, who lived in Bangkok, whom I was visiting at the time, worked at the United Nations World Food Program. She said she could use my help, and for the entire week, I went to the World Food Program's Bangkok headquarters to offer my assistance in that tremendous time of need. I watched as people poured into the office to help. Unlike in the movies... There was no frantic screaming as people tried to find their family members, nor was there any drama surrounding the aid everyone needed. People quietly came together because that's what needed to happen in that moment, and it was beautiful to be a part of it all. By the way, this year, the World Food Program, they won the Nobel Peace Prize, and my aunt tells me that thanks to my work as an intern for a week, I am also a recipient, FYI. Those events all happened in the year before I launched my first business. I guess you could say that entrepreneurship was my ticket out of Catastrophesville. Each experience had a massive impact on me as an entrepreneur and a human being. I don't often group those memories together in one telling, but I realize now that they were formative in my understanding of community. Entrepreneurs are hit every single day with surprises, with major events of all kinds, and for some with trauma. We don't often know how to handle these things in that very moment that we're hit, but we learn how to conduct ourselves from past experiences and look outwardly to other people to help us when we're most in need. It's natural, and it's something entrepreneurs forget as they read magazine articles and blog posts about entrepreneurial individualism and the value of doing it all yourself. 
nonsense. I know from being in some of the worst moments in history in my short little life that we are strong, we're able, and we're interdependent on other people. We can't move forward without each other. World events give us a greater understanding of what's going on around us. They remind us about who we are as individuals and as a society. They reinforce how important we are to one another. When I meet entrepreneurs who work solo and rarely reach out for advice or help because they know everything, they're the folks I feel the sorriest for. They don't know what they're missing. This entrepreneurship game is not about winning. It's not about proving yourself to be the most capable. It's about coming together with customers or clients or partners or colleagues and making the world a little bit better each and every day. You don't call. You don't write. Why don't you do both? Call or text me at 708-872-7878 or go to jillsalzman.com slash podcast to record a message so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Shout out to Amanda, Lindsay, and Aaron for making this podcast with me. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week. 